Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but there's a new store that's opening in Vegas, and it's a store that women can go and they can shop for a husband. And you can find a husband from many men. And so if you go to Vegas, you can find this one. So it's six floors. You get an elevator and you go up. And as you stop at every floor, there's a door. And if you choose to walk through that door, you can choose a man from that door. And if not, if you want to go to the next floor, you can go all the way up. uh, But you can keep going up, but you can never come back down. And so I changed my mind. I want door number two. You can only come back down to exit. So the woman walked in, she pushed the button for number one, she went to the first floor, and there was a door, door number one that said, these men have jobs. She thought, oh, that's great, my last boyfriend, I had to support him. But she thought, well, maybe door two would be better. So she pushed elevator door, they go up to door two, it says there, these men, should you choose to walk through this door, have jobs and love kids. Whoa, she thought, that's awesome. I thought, oh, maybe better on door three. So she went up to door three, and the door said, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. Wow, it's getting better, right? So she says, well, maybe I should go to door floor four. So she goes to door four, and there's the door that said, these men have jobs, love kids, are extremely good looking, and help with the housework. Oh, she said, this is like good. I should stop here. But no, I'm just thinking there got to be something better. So she pushes door up to door number five. Door five says, these men have jobs, love kids, are extremely good looking and help with the housework and have a strong romantic streak. Whoa, she said, this is just getting better and better. I better hit door six and go there. So she goes to door six, gets to the door there. The elevator's open to door six and says, you are visitor 3,456,789,12 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely to prove that women are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the Husband March. See you later. Well, I guess we could turn that around for men also, right? But really, I think we can also do it. We're talking about doors of destiny. I think we can do it about destiny. We say, oh, yeah, that's a good destiny, but maybe this is a better destiny. Or maybe this one's a better, or maybe this one's a better. And we're just all over the page. I love you guys. And my, part of my job is to committed to help you to succeed in life, in all areas of life. And so that means that to help give you direction so that you're not just drifting through life. You ever met anybody who, they're just, like, they're just like drifting. They have no purpose. The alarm goes off and they get up and they do whatever they're going to do. And, you know, they go to work or come home, uh, sit in a lazy chair, have a beer, uh, go to bed, uh, get up the next day, do the same thing, and live for the weekend. <clears throat> it's just like, <clears throat> excuse me, just like they're drifting, have no purpose. God didn't call us to just take up space, breathe, use resources, retire, and expire. But for everyone here today, and those of you that are watching online, I'm here to tell you, biblically, he has a plan, he has a purpose, 
He has a destiny. He has a calling for your life. And because I am passionate about helping you to find purpose and to find your destiny, our fall spiritual life campaign is called Doors to Your Destiny, Open Doors to Your Future. So you say, well, what is a fall spiritual campaign? I thought you might ask that again. And so here is a definition of our campaign. It is a concentrated 40-day spiritual boost. Would you read it with me? It's a concentrated 40-day spiritual boost. No, let's, let's read it again. Say spiritual boost like you're getting a spiritual boost, like somebody's come along and boost you. All right, you got it? Let's do it again. It's a concentrated 40-day spiritual boost to your life that we commit to doing together using multiple learning styles to equip and energize you for your future. We're going to do several things. On Sundays for the next six weeks, 40 days in this campaign, it takes three weeks to get comfortable with a new habit and then three weeks to make it part of you. So we have six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. I'm asking you, give me six weeks talking about destiny uh, and, and I promise you, it'll pay off. So on Sunday mornings, here's what we're doing. We're taking notes, right? How many of you are glad to get your notes back? You got those, right? <laughs> and so I'm going to ask you to take notes. So uh, if, you, if you don't have one of our notebooks, hold up the notebooks. We ran out of them in the last service. We give them away free. And so we'll have some more next week, I promise you. And so we're going to get those to you so you can have those. But we want you to have notes. And so today... As I'm teaching, what do you think I'd like for you to do? Take notes. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm making you an ambassador of notes. So if you look around and you see somebody with their arms folded and not taking notes, lend them your pen. All right? Lend them your pen. Because here's what I know. If we don't take notes, we forget, you forget 95% of what I'm talking about by Wednesday. By Wednesday, you remember 5%. So you can go online, download it onto your phone, and you can take notes on your phone if you're really good with that. Uh, But I like to take notes the old-fashioned way. I like to write. It just helps me. And so I encourage you to do that. Because, listen, I'm not just talking about a goody-goody-goody message, but I'm talking about your destiny. I'm talking about the reason that your heart beats. And some of you are sitting here today and some of you are watching online and you're honestly saying, I don't have direction for my life. I'm so glad you tuned in today and I'm so glad you're here because I'm going to talk about that today. And for the next six weeks, I'm going to delve into that in in great detail to help you. And that's on Sunday mornings. And then the next thing we're saying is sign up for a life group. How many of you already signed up for a life group? Isn't that great? Look around. All right, look at all the winners that have signed up for a life group. And so uh, somebody, Jay there, I said, Jay, how many life groups are you in? He said, I'm in about four. Because he's a hard work in process. He needs more. (laughs) And so I'm just encouraging you to find a life group. We had a life group at 9 o'clock, right, on finances in the room. And that was awesome. And you can still sign up. You can still sign up for the next three weeks. There's a lot of life groups. You can go online. You can go out in the foyer. And you can sign up. Because here's what's critical. You get it on Sunday morning, but in a life group, you say, what's a life group? Well, it's a place you get a lifeline, right? And so it's a group of small uh, small people. (laughs) It's a group of, it's a small group of people. 
that get together once a week. And some, I think, are once a month. I don't know, but that, that, that's a quicker, right? And uh, so it's, uh, you get together, and you talk about this. You talk about destiny. You're able to help somebody else with their destiny. So I'm telling you, maybe you've never been in a small group, and you think, well, I'm not into groups. I don't like to talk a lot. Well, just be there. Your presence will be greatly appreciated, and you're going to learn something. So here's, here's what I'm pushing this. I'm saying after, after this six weeks, if you feel like that life group is not benefiting you, drop out. I give you permission. Drop out. Nobody's going to call you and say, where have you been, Herkimer? No. Six weeks, if that life group is not good, drop out. Say, drop out. Well, first of all, you got to drop in, right? you got to give it a try. So I'm encouraging you to do that. We have questions that we're going to deal with, things we're going to deal with. Most groups have some good food, right? And then here's what I'm asking you today. There's a connection card in front of you, and we, everybody fills out a connection card every week. But listen, I'm asking you especially today, if you're going to say, you know what, Terry, I'm really interested in this destiny thing. I really want to give it a good shot. I, you know, maybe I've hit, been hit and miss before. Maybe I've never been in a life group. Maybe I've never taken notes. But I really feel like that this is so important and critical for my life. I, I just, I, I want you to pray for me. So the way I'm going to pray for you is I need you to fill out a connection card. And on the back of the connection card, just say, I'm all in. I'm with you doing all of that. So last week, I had 119 say, hey, I'm in, 119. So some of you weren't here last week, and some of you were like a pastor friend of mine that showed up halfway through the week, and I won't mention that his wife's name is beautiful Brenda, and uh, he showed up halfway through the week. Hey, hey, I'm in, I'm in. It's just in my Bible, and I got sidetracked and forgot to give it. So I don't know. I have a lot of good spiritual gifts, but I can't read your mind, and you tell me you're in. So I'm really serious today. Would you just fill out that? Because here's what I do. Throughout the week, I pray over all these cards, but for throughout the week, then I call out several of these names and saying, Lord, maybe they've never understood their destiny. Maybe they've never understood what their purpose is, and they feel like their purpose is never anybody big. Lord, and I'm praying that you will, you will, you, you will, you will help them. So if, if you're in, if you're in, I'm not going to call you and say, hey, would you speak next week <laughs> or anything difficult? Because somebody may want that. But just, just let me know that you're in, okay? Would you, would you do that? And I'm going to add an addendum to it. The Lord speaks to me a lot in the shower. And uh, so this morning in the shower, I heard this word. I heard this word, temple manager. Temple manager. Temple manager. And then I thought, okay, my body is the temple of the Lord. And I am the manager. McDonald's and Bojangles is not the manager. Donut King is not the manager of my temple that God lives in. So I'm going to add an addendum to that. For the next 40 days, I'm going to ask, if you will, and we'll talk more about this, I'd like for you every day to consider what you're eating and consider exercise. Now, if you've never exercised at all, at all, get up from the chair, walk over to the TV, and change the channel manually. Whoa. I don't even, can you even do that? I have no idea. <laughs> Put your remote over there. Every day, for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, it's just going to say, hey, did you do that? And what happens, is, or maybe you go to the pantry and you pick out a, a, you know, Thanksgiving's coming, so you probably got some pumpkin in there, pumpkin, a can of pumpkin. Do you have pumpkin in a can? Okay. And just lift that up. Lift it up. 
Do some side bends. Do some twists. 40 days every day, just move. Just, just, just do something. Just start. In fact, if you're really interested in that, we have a Zoom Tuesday night uh, life group that's just on fitness and health God's way. And so you can be in a group and then sign up for that. It's going to be really good. So, so those are the things that we're going to do. So I'm going to talk about destiny today in the next minutes that we have. But I want to first of all talk about some myths. Myths. Myths are what? Not true. <laughs> that wasn't a trick question. Uh, myths are something that's not true or lies. Here's the first one. Destiny is always epic. And I think sometimes we feel like, wow, yeah, if I find my destiny, man, it's going to be epic. I'll be in the newspaper. I'll, you know, they'll award me the Nobel Peace Prize. Maybe not. Probably not. But you see, if you find your sweet spot, the destiny, the purpose that God created, you'll feel like you've got the Nobel Peace Prize. How many of you know without a shadow of a doubt today that you're living right in the sweet spot of God's destiny for your life, and it is like you've got the Nobel Peace Prize, all right? That's a good place to say, yay, God. Second of all, there's another myth. Destiny does not happen overnight. It's not a place. Destiny is not a destination. It's not say, I've arrived in my destiny. Destiny is a series of doors that we walk through for the rest of our life. You just keep journeying. You just keep journeying. You just keep journeying. And so it's not something that happens overnight. So if you thought you were going to come today, discover your destiny, and that's all you needed to come, no, nope, you're wrong. Destiny is a lifetime experience. Number three, destiny, this is a myth, destiny is destined to happen. It's just going to happen, you know. God has a destiny for me, so I don't have to do anything. It just happens. Could I give you an applause? I've never seen so many people taking notes in all of my life. I told Jimmy before services, I said, I, said, I think I've shamed people into taking notes. And so I just I looked down and saw all the bald heads and the areas of your hair that you didn't comb. See, when you're tall like me, like Danielle said this week, she cut my hair, I guess you can notice, and, uh, and it was growing on the sides and the back, but not much on the top. And so I said, Danielle, it just gets thinner every time you cut it. She said, ha, 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 it's a good thing you're tall. <laughs> but when I look down at my notes, it reveals itself. So I don't even know where I was. Oh, I applaud you because you were taking notes. Thank you for doing that. It's going to pay off. Destiny is a choice of your obedience. Being here, listening to God, getting in the life group, being obedient to the doors. And this one came to me between services. Destiny is, not, destiny is something you discover by yourself. That's a myth. You say, well, I don't need anybody. I don't need a life group. No, listen. Destiny is, is, uh, is not something you discover by yourself, people that will help you. And you say, well, I don't know about destiny. I, I, how, I, I can't seem to make it happen. Well, listen, here's the promise. This is our theme verse. This is our verse, and this is what Jesus promised. Read it with me. It's on the screen. This is Jesus talking. I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. I'm going to ask you to memorize this verse. 
Every morning at 7.14 a.m. Did I talk about 7.14? Every morning at 7.14 is another way that we're going to help you with another discipline. On the Father's House Facebook page at 7.14 every morning, and it'll be on later in the day if you want to watch, we're going to lead you in a time of prayer, and we're going to do a devotion with you. Six weeks, we're going to help create a devotion. So every day for the next week or so, uh, for the 40 days, we're going to read this verse. We're going to talk about this verse. We're going to read it in our life group, and it'll come natural. And every Sunday, we're going to say it again so you'll be able to memorize it, okay? So sometimes people ask when they talk about destiny, they ask the wrong questions. The wrong question is, what do I want to be? I used to have a, they used to have guidance counselors in school. They used to have guidance counselors. And you go into it and they say, what do you want to do with your life? And most people say, well, what's paying the most money right now, right? And a lot of people had jobs that pay money, but they don't know what they want to do. But I don't think the question is, what do I want to do with my life? I think the question should be is, what does God want to do with me? What does God want to do with me? It's not, what are my hopes? What are my goals? What are my ambitions? What are my dreams for the future? No, the question should be, what is God's will? God's purpose, God's plan, God's destiny for my life. Because he has plans for you that are great. You say, well, no, it's good for everybody else, but not for me. No, look at his word here in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Read this out loud with me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I have a lot of books in my library about destiny, and I preached a lot about destiny throughout my life, and I've never found a definition that I totally like. So I decided I need to try to create a definition of what I feel is God's biblical destiny. This is my first attempt. It's very long. It's very wordy. So I'm going to give you a challenge. Some of you that are experts in uh, linguistic connections in your life groups, come up with something better. But it needs to have all these same characteristics. Here's my definition of destiny. Would you read it with me? Destiny is the personalized life calling God has purposed and equipped you to fulfill in order to bring him the greatest glory and achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. Look at that again. I don't think destiny is just a personalized life calling, but I believe it's a personalized life calling that God has first of all purposed, and then he's given me the talents and the ability to do that in order to bring him glory and to achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. I meet some people say, well, I feel like God is calling me to be an actor or an actress. No, that's not God's destiny for you. Until you tie it to how does this bring him glory and how does it achieve growth in his kingdom? Well, I feel like God is calling me to be a great football player. I'm going to get a great scholarship. I'm going to be able to help people. I'm, no, wait. Until you're able to tie, you're able to tie that passion into bringing God glory, you've never understood biblical destiny. So I'm going to talk more about that in the next few weeks, but you may want to take a shot of that because we're going to look at that every week. Those of you that are going to teach, we're going to put that definition up every week and we're going to do that.
So you see, yes, I want to know my destiny. Where do I start? What book should I read, Terry? What test should I take? You know, there's a lot of tests out there to help you find your destiny. Or what podcast should I watch? Here, listen, if you forget everything else I'm saying today, remember this one thing. Here's where you start. And if you don't start here, you'll never find God's destiny for your life. Here it is. Are you ready? Here it is. The most important thing today, don't go searching for your destiny. Go searching for your God. Don't go searching for your destiny. Go searching for your God. Uh, just elbow your neighbor and say, did you get that? Yeah, I didn't want you to fall asleep there. I saw a few people nodding, so I can see. I have x-ray vision, all right? Don't go searching for your destiny. Go searching for your God. Here's what the scripture says, Acts 13 and 22. He, God, raised up for them David as a king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, read this underline, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. I have found him. But how did God find him? It wasn't David. But here's how God found him. David understood the greatest point of his life was to live a life in such a way that God received glory. And whatever he did, he was doing it for the honor of God. David was writing poems and playing songs on his harp to make love and worship to God long before the Bible was ever written, okay? I mean, the Bible wasn't written and somebody called Zondervan called David and said, David, would you write the book of Psalms for us? No, these are a lifetime of doors that he walked through, having a tough time. And he sat down and he wrote something about loving God, walked through that door, walked through Psalm 23, walked through all of those. So in the midst of all of his serving God and loving God, God says, I have found David. See, some of you are looking to find your destiny, and God says, no, if you'll seek after me, if you'll find me, if you'll go after me to worship me and love me, I will find you, and I will put you right in the middle of your destiny. If that sounds good for you, give the Lord a hand clap right there. God knows where you are. So we need to aim, aim that our work for, would be for God's glory rather than our own. So don't go searching for your own destiny. Search for God. Aim to work for God's glory rather than your own. Keep in mind that your life, the ultimate purpose for your life is to bring glory to God or as they sing a few minutes ago, to make God what? Amen. To make God famous. Check your motives. Am I doing what I'm doing to make me, me, myself famous or am I doing this to make God famous? So there it is. Don't go searching for your destiny. Go searching for your God. Aim to work for God's glory rather than your own. And then your destiny will align with the Great Commission. Your destiny is not separate from the Great Commission. When, when Jesus ascended back to heaven, you know, the first words and the last words of people are really important, right? First words, da-da, right? That, that's really great, okay? First words of Jesus to his followers Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll take you right in the middle of where you are right now, and I will use where you are right now to make you a fisher of men. And now he's getting ready to go back to heaven. And what does he say? Look at this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe what I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you all the way, even to the end of the age. So he says, how does your destiny tie in with the expansion? How does your destiny tie in? We say it most every Sunday, leading people into what? Let's say it again. We're leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. So the next thing, recognize that your divine, recognize your design, your divine assignment and walk through that door. Destiny is your ultimate calling, but a divine assignment is a specific task or a role that God has for you to fulfill during this season of your life. Here's what I'm saying. A lot of times people don't understand of how that their profession or their vocation can be used to expand God's kingdom. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a uh, mechanic. I'm just a builder. I'm just a businessman or a businesswoman. And so they think when we talk about destiny, they think about Oh, it's, it's like I, I work at church, or I become a missionary, or I, I, I become an author, and something like that. I'm going to tell you some of the greatest gifts that God is going to give in eternity is people that have never... It's going to be some of those single moms and single dads that spend their life in raising kids that have a purpose for God. It's going to be some... I, I heard uh, Hannah... Hannah is a hairdresser. She's just getting started. And she said, when Raylan, my granddaughter, was up here talking about going to the mission field, she said, I sat back and I thought, oh, God, she's going to the mission field. We're about the same age. And what am I doing with my life? I'm in beauty school. But she said, then God showed me a vision of broken women sitting in my chair in such a way that I can give them hope and I can give them joy. I wonder how many people overlook destiny in that way. All believers and all professions are to advance the kingdom of God. You're God's ambassadors. If you feel discouraged because that you're currently not feeling like you're fulfilling a destiny the way you imagine, you got to realize God has called you to be salt and light where you are. God may not take you to a foreign mission field. You may never stand up and preach like this, but he may raise you to the mountaintop of education where you as an educator can show kids how to make a difference with their life. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? Or maybe it's in the area of business, or maybe it's in the area of leadership, or education, government, community service, the church, the medical field, neighborhood uh, helping people in the neighborhood, building trades, the arts, entertainment, media, and sports. God has something for everybody to do, and you, what you do is not less than what somebody else does. So how do I discover this? Number one, don't go searching for your destiny. Number two, discover what's in you. Destiny is not something ethereal. How's that? Yeah, I'm not even sure what it means, but... It's out there, and it's not tangible. Destiny is not outside you. Don't go try to make yourself like somebody else, because you'll just be frustrated. It, it, it won't work. Destiny is the spiritual DNA that God put in you, according to Psalm 139, while you were in your mother's womb. He picked your color your hairstyle, how much you have left of it now, how much you don't have left, 
Those things are important to me lately. They really are. He put in the giftings that you have because you're so very important. But it's inside of you. It's not out there. Start with what's in you. Let me give you a formula to help you. This is a good little formula right here. G plus T plus N plus DA equals destiny. All right, that's your assignment today. Go figure out what that is and come back next week. G stands for gifts. What are the gifts that you have? T stands for talents. God's not going to ask you to do something that you don't have the gifts and the talents to do. So what are your gifts? What are your talents? What is a need that you can meet? What is a need in the world that you see that something just ticks you off? You think somebody ought to do something about that, right? What is your divine appointment? Your divine appointment is where God has put you right now in your season. You see, some of you, you had a divine appointment as being a boss, a CEO, a CFO, and now you've retired and you think your destiny's over with. No, you're just getting ready for a new assignment. God's going to reassign you to something new. Your, your divine appointment may change in seasons of your life. Do you understand that? Because you still have something to do. All of that equals your destiny, your destiny. Aristotle said, where your talents and the needs of the world cross lies your calling. Where your talents and the needs of the world cross, I think we got that. Can we pull it up or we got a computer that's slow? Where your talents and the needs of the world cross lies your calling. First of all, look at your talents. What talents do you have? Public speaking, teaching, singing, mathematics, debate, accounting, writing, building things, painting, cooking, interior design, working with children, sales, and many others. Your, your heart will be naturally drawn toward an area where the skills that you have can be optimally used. When David was anointed as king, he didn't waltz into the kingdom because he finished John Maxwell's book on leadership. David didn't attend the school of kingship to know how to be a king. But you know what he did? He had talents and he had giftings. He had the talent of hurling a slingshot with accuracy. Now, as, how would you think, how does a slingshot work into your destiny? He was also a harpist. Do you think he just started playing the harp? Do, 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 do. On the day that he walked in to, to play for King Saul? No. That was his talent. That was his gift. That was his ability. You've been trying to diminish the talents and the giftings that you have because it's not like somebody else's and you're frustrated because you're trying to put yourself in this box but God is saying to you in this next six weeks you don't want to miss it he's I'm going to show you how your talents and how your giftings fit and how that that is for you so that you can fulfill the destiny that God has for you so first of all what are your talents and second of all what are your God-given gifts say I don't know we'll go to growth track Growth track happens every, uh, every uh, Sunday during the second service, and uh, you can just learn how to connect with the church, but in step three, you'll have a test on how to discover 
your gifts, spiritual gifts. But before that, you'll learn in step one how to seek God. Your gifts are the areas where God has blessed you. Romans says this, in his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. Maybe your gift is teaching or service or preaching, encouragement, generosity, music, hospitality, and so on. God gives us individual gifts and individual talents. And no matter how you try to excel in an area that you don't have the talent or the gifting, you'll never do it. I'm not an artist. I can't draw stick figures. My penmanship looks like somebody that doesn't know how to write. If you're a first-time guest, you've received a handwritten note from me. And you probably looked at it and said, what in blazes is this guy trying to say? And that's my penmanship. That's how bad it is. And no matter how much I practice, I've tried, I've tried five different ways of holding a pen. And none of them worked for me. I've tried being slow. And it doesn't work. I've tried being fast. So I've just resigned myself. That's who I am. That's who I am. You see... I realize that because of my hand and eye coordination and my balance and my, all of those coordination, I could never be a professional athlete. <laughs> and so every, every week at the gym, Al's got this crazy thing called the Bosi ball, Bosu. It's terrible. It's a balance ball. And he'll say, all right, you know what it is. So get up on the ball and let's do 30 squats while you're curling. Stay on that. And he'll say, he tries to encourage me because I don't have any coordination. I don't have any balance. And he'll say, that was good. You made it two seconds before you fell off today. That was really good. I'm telling you, I could practice that ball till Jesus comes back. And I, I would never be a person that could be a balance person that could walk a balance beam in the Olympics. Do you understand? And some of you are so frustrating yourself because you're trying to be something that God didn't create you to be. And so I'm just saying these next six weeks, be at peace with who you are. Next, recognize the needs that stir your heart. Recognize the needs that stir your heart. When you look around and you'll say, man, that ticks me off. Somebody ought to do something about that. Or man, that irritates me. Somebody ought to do something about that. Everybody that discovers their destiny has what I call a sowed sat moment. Say sowed sat. Sowed sat just simply says that somebody ought to do something about that. Somebody ought to do something about that. Remember David? David is bringing cheese and bread to his brothers who are fighting a battle. David's just good at tending sheep, taking care of sheep, and doing all that. But when David gets to the battle, he hears Goliath saying, Send me out somebody to fight for me. Fight me. And whoever wins, that's the God that will declare is the living God. And David is just waiting for everybody to go out and challenge. And I'm thinking, David's thinking, somebody ought to do something about that. Somebody that has equipment should do something about that. Somebody that's been trained in artillery should do something about that. And nobody's doing anything about it. And David says, is, listen to this, is there not a cause? In other words, he's saying, I just had a sodsat moment. Somebody should do something about that. Nobody else is doing it, so guess what? He takes his little slingshot, he takes a little rock, the talent that he's had, that he's been working on, that just didn't seem to fit with destiny. Nobody hardly knew David's name until he took his talent and his gift and he put a rock in Goliath's head. 
He didn't need a sword to chop off Goliath's head. All he needed was a talent that he had was a slingshot, and he took Goliath's sword, and he cut his head off. Some of you are waiting for God to provide for you for your destiny. He's saying, use what you've got and allow me to bring what you need to fulfill that destiny in your life. Whoa, I feel good. I feel good. I think sometimes, though, some things that tick me off that I should have been a police officer like to Vontae in the back. I would like to specialize in slow drivers in the left lane. I'm telling you, there's nothing ticks me off more. Ten miles down the road, they're going to go left. Speed limit's 55. And they're doing 38. And I'm behind them. And I know doing the 38 because they're driving and looking down. Looking down. So I'm thinking, somebody ought to do something about this. My religious thought would be, yes, an officer should follow my, I should be a police officer. But the non-religious thought is, I wish I could just bump them off the road. <laughs> Not hurt them. But just give them a boost. Anybody here ever feel that way? The saving thing that happens is, Anita says, Terry, they may go to the church. So my question is to you, what disturbs you? What disturbs you? Or are you so self-centered that nothing disturbs you? If it has nothing to do with your life, no, no. Destiny is about what, what, what disturbs you. When you, meet, when you meet somebody that they have a passion for people to be physically fit. I mean, it's a passion. And so they think everybody ought to feel the same way, right? Or if you have a heart for worship, that everybody should be a worshiper. If you have a heart for kids, everybody should volunteer for Kids City. I mean, because you see, what, somebody ought to do something. That's your, that's your passion that you have. But be careful that your passion doesn't run everybody else off. You may say, you know, I want everybody physically fit, you know. I'll look over here at Edwin, dropped 75 pounds in a couple of months. Man, giving away his clothes because he's not going to go back to be fat anymore. <laughs> now he can tell you how many calories is in just sniffing air of a donut. <laughs> That's good. You're my hero. But we got to be careful that what becomes our passion, that we don't try to make that become somebody else's passion, and we drive them away. Here's the last thing I want to talk about today. Change the beliefs that keep you stuck in a revolving door. Some of you got some beliefs that's just keeping you in a revolving door. You ever get caught in a revolving door? Tim's going to talk about this in a few weeks, I think. Sometimes I like to make people stick in a revolving door. Sometimes I get behind like Anita or somebody else, and they get in there, and I push the door real quick. <laughs> Especially if it's, if it's a person that, you know, that I don't know. And I, I want to make them think the door just broke. <laughs> That happens to us. 
because of bad beliefs and bad words that we've been saying about ourselves, we get caught in a revolving door. A door of one day I will, one day I should, maybe one day I can. That's why these next six weeks are so important. That's why the life groups are so important. That's why the daily devotion at 714 is so important. God doesn't call you what you are. He calls you what you are to become. God doesn't call you what you are. He calls you what you are to become. God calls you what you are before you become it. He calls you what you are before you become it. God said, I have found a man. God, are you crazy? David is still a teenager. God wasn't saying, I see where he is now. He's saying, I see where he is now, but this is how I see him. And that's what I'm telling you today. God sees you as a person of destiny, a person of passion, living out and fulfilling what God has for you. But here, some of you are caught in a revolving door, and you've been saying things like this. I've tried answering the questions, Terry, but I just don't know my destiny. I'm frustrated. I really would like to know my destiny, but I can't discover my destiny. Some of you are caught in a revolving door, and you'll say, I'm, I'm not good at anything. You talk about gifts and talents and abilities, strengths. I don't have any. When God saw me, he just passed me by. Some of you are caught in a revolving door, and you say, I'd love to follow my divine appointment, but I can't make a living at it. Here's a word for somebody today. You've been frustrated in the business world. You've been frustrated. I don't know what that is. If that's money's not coming, if it's employees come and go, if it's that you're not be able to make that company go, you're frustrated in the middle of that because you're looking for the wrong thing. You don't understand that where you are right now is part of God's divine appointment for you to be there and to work that. You're wanting to get beyond that. You're wanting to get beyond that. But God would say to you today, I see you where you are, and it's that faithfulness in working me into where you are that I'll bring you into the fulfillment of your purpose and destiny. And I'm going to tell you there's somebody here today, God's going to give you joy and fulfillment in your life assignment this week. You can say, hey, I may not always be here, but where I am right now, I'm going to give it my best shot. Here's another thing that people caught in a revolving door. I'm just too old. I'm just too busy. I got this, I got that, I got something else. I'm too busy to, or I'm just too tired. I'm tired. My mother was tired. My dog was tired. Everybody's tired. Would you stand with me? I'm going to give you some words that will help you get unstuck today. And we're going to read these together. And when we read these, I want you to say them as the confession that God has for you to get unstuck. Are you ready? Let's do this. I can discover my destiny. I do have unique talents, gifts, and strengths. I can discover my unique talents, gifts, and strengths. I can make a living at what I love to do. I am at the perfect age to discover and follow my destiny. I create the time to discover and follow my destiny. I am excited to discover and follow my destiny. I definitely have a destiny. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Father, we stand today here at this particular time for such a time as this. And Lord, we declare today that you have created us with a destiny. 
And Lord, I pray for everyone that's here and everyone that's watching online for these next six weeks that we'll do everything we can. Be here on Sundays. Take notes. Look over those notes. Get in a life group. Process those. Talk about them. Be part of the daily devotion at 714 or whenever we can watch it. And Lord, moving a little bit, just exercising a little bit for the next 40 days. As you just continue to pray and talk to God about that, I want to talk to somebody that may be here today and you've never invited Jesus in your heart and in your life. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at your heart's door and knock. And if anybody will open the door, I'll come in and be with them. And if that's you today, the Lord is knocking on your heart. You say, I, I, I need to do that, Terry. I need to invite Jesus into my heart. If that's you, would you just make eye contact with me and raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. Or if you're online, thank you. Others today, just lift your hand and say, that's me. I need to make that decision today. Thank you. I need to make that decision today. I want to make that decision. Uh, let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you today for loving me, for dying on a cross for my sins. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, church, let's give God a praise for those who prayed that prayer today. Amen, 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 amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.